record and hello everybody welcome to saints radio on this i guess, is it still president's day monica uh i think it's president's day all day well i i didn't know whether the, it had gotten woked out of existence or something you know it's uh, sti yeah, still I, called I president's day i think so yeah okay still I think in honor of George Washington, is he, is he woke now? Oh, I think just about everybody's on the woke train. Um, Washington had, Washington. Uh, there were, well I, well, I shouldn't go down this trail, but have you, have you been to uh, his, uh, his house in Virginia? No. Well, I'm pretty sure he, uh, he was part of the antebellum. No, he wasn't in the antebellum. I shouldn't go down this trail. So far, he's safe. But there were slaves on his property, so that, that day may be coming. But <sighs> I'm glad to uh, be here feeling well, and I'm so very happy to have Monica with us, as you have already heard. Hello, I'm glad that you're feeling better as well. Well, give us uh, give us an update. How, how many miles are you running now per day? <laughs> um, none. None? I'm, I don't know. I'm still on crutches. I'm, um, I am getting to where I can like walk short distances without my crutches. Good. Uh, so that's good. I think once I see the doctor on Thursday and they take the, the, the bandages off cause there's, it's there's so much wrapping on it. Uh huh. And, uh, it, you know, I can't, I can hardly put a sock on over it. And so, once I can actually put a shoe on, then I think that'll that'll help. So it's good. It's um it's been a very um interesting few weeks, but the Lord has been with me and I'm thankful. Just uncomfortable. So anyway. It's well, good. I know that everybody listening is very much interested in how you're doing and your uh, your progression. Um, when they gave you the initial timeline and you have this this appointment on Thursday, <clears throat> did he did he say anything about what might happen next after Thursday? Not specifically Thursday, other than they'll take the wrapping off and do an X-ray. And, um, I mean, from my understanding, from my pre-op conversation was I would be able to walk. He said two to three weeks, probably on crutches, but mainly just to, for stability because their biggest concern is the frailty of the bones at this point, because there's holes in the bone. Yeah, where they put screws and stuff in. So it takes for the normal person, probably the 18 year old person, it takes about six weeks for that bone to regenerate itself. Um, <clears throat> I would say from my first experience being older than that, that it may take, you know, I may give myself six weeks to two months to three months of actually like doing normal exercise and things like that. Cause he said the most, Critical part is a the wound because when you go in through an incision through a prior um, incision, there's always higher risk of infection and and it healing properly. So that was actually his one of his biggest concerns, which is why I can't take the wrapping off. Secondly, um, for that bone to regenerate so that the ankle the the bones inside of there are strong enough to bear the weight of normal activity. So at this point it's still swollen and it's still uncomfortable. Like I can't even imagine like the thought of driving 
which I'm not supposed to anyway, but um, I, I don't know. There's something in my thinking that when I go see him on Thursday, he is very proactive. He deal, you know, he, he treats athletes and people that are actually on the field a lot. So he's very proactive as far as getting you back up and moving and doing your lifestyle. So I'm thankful for that because, but at the same time being guarded with the reality that I need to be careful for a couple months. So yeah, it's all, it's all good. I mean, the, the greatest thing about it is that my bone is no longer broken. Yeah. So I'm not dealing with a broken bone. I'm dealing with the healing of, of the, you know, of the effects of it healing. So that's a positive. That's a huge positive. So, uh, we all but not rejoice. to say that it's not uncomfortable. Yeah. And pretty much the, and I'm just going to be transparent here. The heart, some of the hardest part of all of this, the last two weeks has been the medicine. And I've never reacted to anesthesia or anything like that in a negative way, but I, they must have pumped me with so much stuff <laughs> that I, I, I had a reaction to that. So after like the third day, I had to pretty much wean myself off of anything that was stronger than a, um, a Tylenol or an ibuprofen. Mm. But that is better as of actually today. So anyway, it's just the effects, inva the invasive effects of something like this to your body. But we overcome and I'm very thankful. Amen. Well, thank you for yeah. that um, update. I know that everybody listening appreciates that very much because I know they've been praying for you. And um, this gives them... This gives them a good report and uh, focuses them on what they should be agreeing with uh, in the days ahead. Yeah, for sure. Amen. Well, I guess, you know, if, you, if you're if you not driving, you can still ride your Vespa, right? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, no, you don't think so? <laughs> not today. No. No, not no, today. Not, not today. <laughs> You know, oh, I no. don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, I, I can. I mean, probably in a few weeks, I should be able to do that. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. know. If, I don't know if you heard this or not, if Les told you or not. But Dennis, Dennis told me this. Apparently, you know, a few weeks ago, Les rode your Vespa up here for church. Yes. Yes. And. Um, Dennis saw him, and Dennis said, "Wow, Les, I guess that wedding must have set you back more than I imagined." <laughs> <laughs> Only Dennis could say something like that. That that was a funny line. Ah, uh, but um, we're we're all encouraged by the recovery, and you do need to recover because you've got a lot of work to do for the kingdom here in the uh in the months to come well one thing that i've had to learn through this whole process and i was actually just talking to martha joe about this this morning is i i realized that you know walking is something that is paramount to what he's called us to do obviously it's all through scripture um running as well all through scripture but spiritually, I don't have to walk to be able to fulfill his purpose, with the exception of going and making disciples of all nations and actually, you know, having your feet on the ground, which ob obviously is part of our calling. But um, I've not allowed that to set me back because it took me about two weeks the first go around to realize that I don't need to be able to walk to pray. <laughs> you know what I mean? My spirit is not broken. And um, that was kind of a huge, not that that's some great revelation to anybody, but I think anytime, I think anytime we're dealing with physical infirmity or things that, that set us back physically, and they're real. I mean, you just came off of the flu. And when you feel bad like that, it, it's sometimes it's hard. 
it's even hard to pray. I mean, it, it's it's difficult to get out of yourself and be to let your spirit. Um, maybe you can speak into this because you just experience this, but um, the only thing that can really ground our spirit is ourselves. And and I know that oppression and depression and and things like that try to weigh in on challenges that we face physically. I know I experienced that in the last two weeks. And um, it's, it's, it's really, it's a learning experience um, to be able to overcome in the midst of physical challenges and to be fruitful and functional and still do the work of the Lord. So you're right. And I don't accept, I don't accept any kind of um, handicap. But I do know that there's a lot of people, even maybe that might be listening, that are struggling physically. And I know that just as a testimony from the things that I've walked through the last few years, the Lord is is closer closer to us in that place of stillness and will even the wilderness than he is than when we're standing at a pulpit and or in you know the company of in Casa Zion you know when so all that to say yes I agree and um, a lot so much of it is just the reality that in our weakness his strength and his grace is perfected through us. And that is very real. I mean, that is very, and you don't really know that until you actually experience that weakness. And I, I know I personally have experienced that weakness. And so I just want to encourage anybody that's listening that is struggling physically or emotionally or any way that, that really attempts to hinder, um, your moving forward. Uh, the Lord is with you. And I've also learned that sometimes we encounter the Lord in ways that we would never have encountered him had we not walked through the hardship or the, the suffering or the pain. And it's such an opportunity just to be thankful and to praise. And, you know, that's easy for me to say on the other side, but it's something that I learned in the midst of it. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, that's good. That's a good uh, instruction and encouragement for everybody, everybody, and particularly for those who um, are, as you said, struggling right now. Um, praise God. Yeah, I mean, we'll just get real. I mean, you, you just suffered from a pretty bad what, seven days with the flu? Yeah. And I, there's not many things that I have actually seen that have gotten you down like that. I mean, I, you were a champion of champions and overcoming and still functioning when you're down. But, I mean, did you find it difficult to engage? Well. At your lowest point? <laughs> I'm very grateful to be here on Monday. I feel strong and well and energetic. And so I give thanks to the Lord for that. And you know, I, I haven't had, I guess, the flu for, I don't know when, I don't know when the last time was, this was ridiculous. And uh, I'm not going to go into how it, how I got it, where I think I got it or whatever, but it just wasn't acceptable to me. But boy, when it hit, um, high fever for days, um, pain. It was really strange. And um, I, I just decided I was going to sequester myself. And it was just, you know, in my house, uh, I know everybody's house is different, but I just get off by myself. I, I go up into a room and I'm I'm there, but I'm not there because I don't want to spread to anybody else. And basically, I survived on lots of water that I got myself, um, bone broth, not much, but I kept it 
daily. I had some olive oil and some some um, organic fruit packs, and um, that that was that was my sustenance. I had some ginger tea and you know some you know some special elixir teas that we keep in stock, but um, for the most part, I was miserable. <laughs> And that was so unusual. But yet I I tried to do what I, what we had commissioned uh, everybody to offer to the Lord, you know, with that, here I stand at the door and knock and um, the Lord will come in and sup. And, and uh, I, I, I'm still doing that. Every night I would do that. And my goodness, the nights have been bombastic. Uh, I mean, not, I, I don't, I don't, God's everywhere, so just hear me. A manifestation of Jesus, I never saw, I have not seen yet, and I don't need to. He's with me always. Um, right. But I can see his hand, and I can see things there, and it's it's like those three factors of the the gold tried in the fire and the the garment and the uh, the oil the eye salve those are happening we're being i don't want to say upgraded but taking into a higher dimension of what god created us to be and he's correcting, he's chastening. That will always continue. Because if, if it doesn't, there's something wrong. Because it says, whoever God loves, that's what's happening. So if you say you love the Lord and that's not happening, and you, you, you lying, boy. So um, God, uh, God is good. And he's, he's been near. Uh, I, I've, I have had such weird encounters through the night with dreams and different capacities in dreams than uh, different capacities in dreams than I've ever had before which has been I every morning I wake up feeling like I need a nap because I'm exhausted from from what the night has been but I I try to process Lord what just happened what what did you give me how are you using me now? Don't let me don't let me miss the intricacies and the nuances of what this these new dimensions are because I need them. I need them as as an old man, you know, as an elder. I need them as an Elijah. You know, that that dream capacity, I think, uh for what we're what we've been talking about the Elishas are coming, we need to we need to move into that place of purpose in a, in a new way so that we can galvanize the other parts of that subculture, uh, substructure. So I, I know that's, that's something that's happening. And, and I could also sense um, enemy uh, attempts to try to either uh what's the word <sighs> influence it or try to <coughs> excuse me try to um take advantage of it and and i i i recognized immediately that in the dream sequences something was wrong and and i i think I think that there's just something there for all of us that God is taking us to a higher place uh, of service for him based upon what we have been built up to be to this point, the being changed from glory to glory. And I, I think that for each of us individually, that means something different. But for me, I know it means something that I need to step into. Um, but it's the Lord that's doing this. 
That, that's the weird part about this. Uh, not, not bizarre, but, you know, we focus on the Father. We work with Jesus. We love him. Uh, we welcome his spirit. We welcome his presence. We welcome his face. We welcome all these capacities that are scriptural, that are dynamic, that we need. But honestly, uh, I've always said that Jesus is praying for us to accomplish the will of the Father. The, these scriptures, we we know them. Uh, I've always believed and walked with you in that um, we, uh, we labor alongside Jesus. We want to be Christ-like. We want to be serving him. He stands with us at the point of his cross uh, where he's called us to stand. You know, we've, we've shared these things, haven't we? But, yes. but to now be, um, I don't know what anybody thought this might be. Maybe Jesus comes in a nice old wooden door and you've got a little candle on this table. And he comes over and sits down and you've got some bread and some and some rosé there on the table and maybe a little bit of cheese over on the side you'll have after communion. Now, I haven't seen any tables, but I sure have sensed his, uh, his work. And I pray it continues because this is supposed to, we're in this for the marathon. I mean, we're, we're, we, I was asked to do this through the seminar. So I've still got a month to go. And, um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Jesus will do, but I never anticipated experiencing it with a temperature 103. I mean, <laughs> oh, we talk about the fire of the Lord; we've experienced that, but that attack, I I was not. I was, and then you know, your mind says, "Well, why is God letting this happen?" You know, you you must not have. Um, you must have missed something in faith if you had, if you had more ability to drive out that that that's that this flu, you know what's wrong with you? And you know I spent a lot of time um, asking the Lord for His uh, demonstration of His Spirit and power because we need that to to walk into a room and rebuke fever. I mean I I've been. I've been going through all that for what's coming. I can't explain how I got this flu. I know, you know me, I haven't had this. I, you know, I just haven't. You know, if something comes against us, we just keep going. You know, I joked with you about, I don't know if I said this on the air, but when we, you and I were in uh, Brazil the last time, <laughs> we, we had that last service and then we were going to have to make a speedy path to the airport. And uh, maybe two hours before service, my stomach started giving me trouble. And um, it was not good trouble. But, you know, we got up. I spoke. We ministered. Uh, we prayed for people. People said goodbye. We rushed out, took the transport to the airport, stood in the long line, made it to the to the lounge and there I had release <laughs> but this was crazy this this last week was crazy but God was there so you say well brother how could God be there when you got a fever and you're not feeling well now how how can them two think because where the spirit of the Lord is brother that see, this just proves this man's not of God, because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Hmm. Well, I like, you know, the thing is that that guy, whoever he is, who um, talks like that, he's never he, he he doesn't have anybody around him when he faces something. I don't you know. know. <laughs> well, um, the thing is, is not to interrupt you, but just to add to what you're saying is. Was was the father with Jesus when he was in the garden? Was the father with Jesus when he was being beaten? Was the father with Jesus when he was on the cross? Was the father with Paul when he was being shipwrecked, when he was being beaten, when he was imprisoned? Was the father with Joseph when he was in the prison? Was, you know what I mean? I mean, 
Yeah, it was and was I the was father with Stephen when he was being stoned. And what about uh, stand in the door and knock? Where was John at that time? He was a prisoner was in the Patmos. Isle of Patmos. Yeah, he had been boiled in oil, probably. He had been beaten. So, yes. you know, I'm not welcoming or advocating any of those things. But um, I think our theology, our, our doctrinal tenets, they preach real well until something happens to us. And then we recognize, you know, maybe it's not as black, maybe it's not as black and white as we would like it to be. It's always true, but our perception of it may be a bit different than what God intended those words to be. The, 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 main, the main point is, is Christ being formed in you? Are you following the pursuit of the Father? Are you doing what God has asked you to do and representing him. That's the main thing. That's that's the main thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, I'm not welcoming any of those things either, but the reality that <laughs> the Lord is, is with us through it all. And, right. and why would he allow so much of the New Testament to be written by the Apostle Paul who endured so many things and who a big part of his message was about grace and about overcoming and about gaining strength in our weakness and about <coughs> his grace is sufficient. We cannot know these principles and apply them and, and impart them with power if we, if we haven't lived them. Right. As I've learned one thing, it's that. I mean, I can't impart anything that I've not actually walked through or lived or received. You know what I mean? Right. So it's 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 part of it. It's part of this journey. But honestly, I mean, to think about John on that island and the things that he must have gone through, being the one that Jesus loved the most, the one that was so intimate with the yet endured these things and in the midst of that the lord opened up probably the greatest vista spiritually in vision of anything that's ever been and yeah would he have actually received that revelation had he not been where he was right i don't know it's just are we willing and and are we willing to find the Lord where we are? I mean, that's that's kind of the point of where we started with this is wherever wherever we are and whatever we're dealing with. And you know that that's one thing that I learned kind of a hard way in dealing with some trauma that I couldn't get past. And it was invite the Lord into it, even though He's in me and I'm walking with Him and I have an intimate relationship. With him and I'm an intercessor and I've been walking this walk for 25 years I had to learn how to welcome him into a place of pain inside of me that I didn't I didn't even recognize I was sufficient in and had I not walked through the trauma I wouldn't have known to actually I don't know know how or have the revelation of he wants to he wants to be with you in it. He is in it with you, but he wants you to have that revelation of he's in it with you. And it changes everything. I mean, it really does. Because he is greater than anything that we've that the enemy could bring against us. But nonetheless, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's it's reality for us. Amen. And, yeah. Well, I, you know, I mentioned this to you, but uh, one of the things that I've done a couple of times last week um, was I, when I was setting up to do my communion in the evening, I would, I tuned up the uh, London Philharmonic 
orchestra and choir singing the Hallelujah Chorus, and um, and I played it in the room I was in. And uh, it goes, when it got to the, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That's Revelation uh, chapter, uh, I think, 15, ver- uh, chapter 11, verse 15. Uh, when, when that would happen, it would just resonate within me, and I, 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 I found myself weeping just from deep within and tears just streaming down. And, and, um, and I think I know that's what this is all about, isn't it? It's, it's about our seeing the kingdom of God become what he ordained it to be. And um, the kingdoms of this world, it's what God's been equipping all of us for. The kingdoms of uh, to to take the kingdom for for God through the power of His cross and our calling, and to welcome the kingdom of God here. But man, when when they sing that and play that, I don't know whether it was just because it was from London, which has a very special place in both of our hearts. But when they were singing, the kingdoms of this world are become. And then those women sing out, the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And then the men sing, and he shall reign forever and ever. And then they sing that over and over again, kind of going back and forth. It's just triumphant. You know, scripture says there were great voices in heaven singing this, saying this. And... um, then, you know, then you go ahead to Revelation 19, where it talks about Alleluia. <clears throat> it goes back and forth. We've studied that. That here we have the privilege of moving in Halal for our Father as his sons to do his will. That's what this is all about. For, in partnering with Jesus and in being what our Father has called us to be. And that's the unique privilege of the saints and we we must take our eyes away from lesser things we we have to address those things but they cannot become the focus of what our objective is you know our faith we walk by faith what god is doing right now before the throne is we're being changed into what he wants us to needs us to be in these in these days. You know, that's the thing about that Revelation 3 where God is working that refining of of the gold of our the the costliness, the depth, the the weightiness of what we're called to be at the right hand and what what we're being commissioned and burdened to be at the right hand. And then from that comes this white linen, this garment, because it's of righteousness. You go back to that first instance that we've studied and taught um, of righteousness, where God's showing Abram, the father of all who walk in faith, all of the stars and, and the different things, and God is prophesying to him. And Abram believed, right hand, Amon, right hand. And God said, that's righteousness. So we, we, we want to be clothed with the garment of the saints, the linen of, of righteousness. Well, what is that righteous? What is that vision? It's what God is forming and letting us partner with him in at the right hand. And that's what he's working on us. That's just, these are the things Jesus is dealing with now. He's been praying for us. He will continue to pray for us. But now in this point of change, where we're being put in fresh garments upon and he's working the intricacies of our faith and he's giving us an anointing to see and perceive and to move with the seven spirits of God. Um, This all just works meticulously together. So we need, we need this. And, and it's just so, so it's just so, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. 
I don't ever remember us doing what we're doing right now. Do you? With the, you know, welcoming Jesus to come in and do these things. Do you? I don't, I don't remember giving this. Maybe I'm just forgetting. Do you remember? No, I don't. I do not. No, I just take off. Yeah, see, that's what happens when you're, when you're laying on the floor. That was the most comfortable place for me this past week, laying on the laying on the floor. So that was good. I'm not complaining. I wasn't deprived of anything. I was just spending time with the Lord. <laughs> How's the, how was your how was your week? Do you have any? things to report what God's doing in you? Well, I'm, 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 in, I'm in somewhat of a different place, even though the same, honoring the commission. Um, I think that whatever we're fasting or what we're offering to the Lord, I'm sure is different from person to person. And uh, I have to agree with you about the nighttime hours. I mean, it is my dreams have been like off the charts, but almost like every morning when I wake up, I feel like I'm changed, but I, I'm, I'm having to like really grasp to remember the specifics of the dream. It's like, they're so real and I'm in them. But then I, it's almost like a discipline I have to remember. And then I have to go through this process of, um, you know, putting it together and trying to interpret what God was trying to say, even though my spirit knows. Mm -hmm. And like it last, well, Excuse I'm not going to go into specifics, but um, last night was very much about like a birthing. And I was in that place where the birthing was just about to happen. And... Um, major breakthrough and I was physically involved in that I won't go into details but <laughs> anyway um, but too I mean I've been in a place of I've been very quiet as you've not noticed and you know I have of course I have people every day that are checking on me and asking me how I am and to which I respond and tell them how I'm doing, which I really do appreciate everyone that has done that and continues to pray. But I have felt super quiet. And even yesterday, I was sitting downstairs in my chair by the fire reading. And Alzavian, my son-in-law, they came in for something. And he walked in and he reached down and he grabbed my hand and he lifted up my hand. He was standing next to me at the chair and he started praying in the spirit. And my spirit reacted in such a way that I realized in that moment how quiet I had been. It was almost like it turned on. It was like it there was an awakening inside of me and the reality that I've been so quiet. But that's okay. I well, mean, your, it's, it's your okay. spirit. Jesus has your spirit up on the rack. He's adjusting it for <laughs> new things. Exactly. Plus, I started, I honestly, I... I started this whole season, this whole time off the day after, like on Friday, and I reread the autobiography of Madame Guyon. And I read it in like two days. I've read it several times, but I haven't read it in a number of years. And that kind of, I mean, if you've not read that, it's, it's pretty life-changing to realize the things that she walked through. This is the 1600s in France. The things that she walked through in her faith is just like oh my gosh but you know she and her contemporaries were you know they were big teachers back then in the catholic church of just contemplative prayer and about being quiet before communing with the lord in that place of of stillness and quiet so that i think kind of set the mood or the tone for me for a couple of days and um yeah but as far as like the the dust till the dawn it's been, it's been prolific, but at the same time, it's not finished. You know, I feel like it's, it's, a, I'm in a process and, um, I love that because I love this journey 
And I know, like you said, until after the seminar, um, I, I look forward. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with where we are in this moment and I'm trying to glean everything. When I say quiet, it's been no TV, not even any worship music. I know that's going to shatter you. But I mean, I, I've just, I never thought that would happen. <laughs> I know. I actually listened to a Leonard Jones songs song today. Um, the first, it's like the first and two in probably 10 days. And it was about blessing the Lord. So, um, anyway, I I don't know if I answered your question. Well, but you know, I th I think I think the significance of there's several unique unique factors to that Revelation three directive. First of all, the nighttime hours and what that represents for us spiritually. Secondly, the, um, uh, the the factors that we've talked about to to this place uh, in our conversation about being changed. Thirdly, that this is these are things that Jesus, the 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 the, the dimension of God as a Son, is doing, which I think is very significant. <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, <laughs> this is just, it's just a very, it's a good time in the Lord, but it's, it's very, very different. And for every one of you, it's going to be different. You hear Monica talk about what's going on with her and you hear me talking and, you know, I know that. Sometimes people will say, well, it's not happening to me. And then you start giving the boo-boo face to God. Get past that. You know, when, well, like when I hear what Monica's doing, I don't think, God, I, you didn't do that for me. You know, I, I don't want, I, I don't want to have her experience because that's something precious between her and God. I want her to have that. I want to her to have that to the max. I want that to be successful. I I need that to happen because of who she is in the Lord. But why why would I why would I say God, you know, why aren't you doing that in me when the best thing for me to do would say what do you need to do in me? And you need to do that, whoever you are listening right now, for your own self. And whatever that entails. And um, if it's Jesus that's doing the work, your gripes with him. I mean, don't, don't come to me and say, well, I'm not seeing this and I'm not feeling that. Well, what am I doing wrong? You obey. You present yourself. You you do what he says to do. The rest is up to him. You're not called to what I'm called to do. You're called to something special and endemic to who you are before the Lord. That's what you're going to give account for. And you know what? I'll say another thing. So hold on, hold on to your lug nuts here. God is God is not responsible for your um, let me say this in a very kind way. For your assessments of what he should be doing. And, you know, your expectations <coughs> for your callings and your ministry. That, can, that holds us back as much as anything if we let it. Because when expectation does not meet reality, then we get we we get into bitterness, and um, we don't need to be there. You know how many times in scripture I was reading this this morning. This is one of the, you know, you we you talked earlier about you know us facing challenges, and I mentioned last week I was not 
feeling well and how unusual that was for me. <coughs> and then the question is, how could you let God, how could you let this happen? You know, not that I'm saying that, not that I'm thinking that, but the thought comes and you've got to capture that thought, arrest it and submit it to Christ because the enemy would try to get you to bite on that and, and go with it. But with that, the scripture talks about, oh, I remember in the Old Testament, your words have been stout against me. Um, and uh, those types of things that the scripture talks about people saying against God. Um, and I, I, was, I, I was thinking about that and studying the scripture today. And I, I I'm, Father, I'm just saying this. I'm not. This is for their benefit. And I just said to the Father, forgive me for any way that I've done that. Um, I don't want to have that relationship with you. I trust you. I love you. I don't understand a lot of the things that have happened over the years. Um, you know, I just went down the litany of things. But if you ever go down that trail of, um, God, why did you make this happen? Why didn't you do this? Shoo, you better shut my mouth. You better put a lock on your lips. And you better purge out wherever that's coming from. You know, I told this testimony over the past 10 years. I've seen close relatives pass away. And I had to do the funeral for many of them which puts me in a really weird position. Like when I was a son of the person who died or a brother of the person who died. And there'd be people there that were in the family who would say, I just don't understand how God could do this. And I'm thinking, where, where is your relationship with God? If that's the first thing that comes out of your flapper, that you, you say, I don't know why God you you better we all have questions but you better watch what you say and and but really out of the out of the mouth the abundance of the heart speaks it really does reveal a person's relationship it does if the first words out of their mouth are aimed at god uh, about, about why I don't understand you doing this um, I think that's one of the things that God is trying to purge from us and I, I'm not <laughs> faulting the person who would say that because we all have questions when challenges come but we, you have to really become mature in God that even you know it's like what Job said though he slay me Yet will I trust him. Yeah. Because he's in control and he's turning all things for the good. And it's going to be better than what you had. And uh, so I spent a long time early this morning going before the Lord. And I, I mean this, Father, asking forgiveness, which I've done in the past. And um, really... Um, Asking God to purge out of me that place where the enemy could bring those kinds of thoughts. All right, I'm done now. I'm just. No, I think, I think that's interesting. And it's interesting because I, you know, I referenced for whatever reason, the Lord had me read that book. And I mean, that is, I mean, that is hitting the nail on the head that. <laughs> people that, you know, somebody that has gone before us, that all, all she wanted was to be closer to God. I mean, that was everything, every, she lived and breathed to be closer to the Lord. And so I, I don't want to say she welcomed those things, but in a lot of ways she did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Lord, if my vanity is keeping me from you, then take it away. And he did, you know, in, in the most, you know, in, in pretty brutal ways through disease and things like that. But um, you know, not once did I read from a historical perspective her say, why did you do this to me, Lord? 
because it was just always an avenue of I know you're in this and I know it's just going to get me closer to you. And once again, I mean, we're not welcoming hardship. No, heavens all. no. But it doesn't sound that way. It's just, we, it, it's like you said, it, it proves your relationship with the Lord and how the God that you serve, how you know him, because he is kind and compassionate and merciful. And he loves us so much that he, he gave the most, you know, he gave his son for us so that we could be with him. I mean, there, it, there's not nothing to compare with his kindness and his goodness towards us. But at the same time, scripture is loaded with, he chastens those that he loves. You know, he, he, Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. I mean, you can't, you can't just omit those, those places in the scripture. Right. And, and then you can't blame God because, I mean, I, I think a hard prayer is, Lord, do whatever you have to do to get me to you. And I think we've all prayed that in certain degrees. I think parents have paid that for their children. You know, that that's a hard thing to pray. But people that we love, you know, when they're straying and they're living a destructive life that's going to lead them to to death. I mean, Lord, you do whatever you can do, whatever is necessary to bring them to you, to bring them to their knees. And he does it because he's merciful and he does it because he wants us with him. And, uh, you know, some people struggle with Old Testament reality of why did he slay like a whole town full of people, children and women included, and yet he is sovereign. And that is indisputable. And I don't know. Interesting conversation. <laughs> Yeah, where's the old chit and chat of days ago, you know? Yeah, this um, is, yeah, this is. This is this something heavy else. Stuff. Well, you know, yeah. the, the thing is, is that the whole, uh, the whole, the horizon of where we're going and where, where we are and what God is girding us up to, to serve him in. Uh, is going to be victorious, but you can't have a victory unless you overcome something. And um, in the midst of those challenges, you, you've got to apply these things that are being uh, per perfected in you. And, you know, Christians love to declare something and it's done and and you know we don't don't think that there's going to be any testing or when you've done all to stand that you then have to stand there for and how do that that's where the musculature of our faith is um is really tried and it, it it's it's there that we have to manage ourselves and become, as Paul said, a, a disciplined soldier of Christ, you know. Um, but there, there's where we prove our fidelity to God. Um, and um, everybody's ready to see, how many times have we said this? Everybody's ready to see a miracle. We just don't want to have to walk in the pathway to, to see one. Um and I think these things that God is doing right now are preparing us for great victories, but for what that pathway toward the victorious leading other people. You know, that, see, that's the, the advent of all of these Elishas and all of these churches, all of these people that are all called by God and looking to us, rightfully so, follow me as I follow Christ, that's, an, that's another strain of our energies. And um, it's unusual. Because, see, when those days when we first were going, like, into France, let's say, we would go and see those precious folks and love them and 
be with them. And then we basically had n almost no communication, didn't we? For long periods of time. And then we, or even the Saints Network, we'd have our seminars and then, you know, we were sending out cassettes and then CDs of services to people who wanted them. We had no instantaneous communication. Now, my goodness, already today, I've had, I don't know how many interactions with Brazil. We've had our, our precious French-speaking uh, family. I did the, the message of the week there and fellowship with them for a while. Um, it's, it's instantaneous, you know. It's relentless. And you can't let these communications control you. You have to set bounds or you'll, you'll just go nuts or, or go into resentment. But we need a girding up for what these God-given connections require from us. And it's different in every location. So we're, you know, you think about it, we're, we're welcoming the kingdom in these remote PowerPoints on the earth. We're raising up indigenous leaders. We're standing with them. We're teaching them. We're training them. We're counseling them on, no, oh, pray for me, I need you. No, we're counseling them on how to move in the things of the Spirit. And um, that's demanding. It's interesting that you, you say that. You talk about communications. Because, I mean, what, oh my gosh, what a benefit that has been for us. Just I mean, the fact that I can have a, you know, I've had conversations with Sylvie. I've had some conversations oh, yeah. with Olivia Zafis. Had conversations with Julia all today. And, um, but, you know, going back to this commission about from dusk to dawn and welcoming Jesus, I mean, that, that was one of the first things the Lord made, is making me fast, is communication and media and no scrolling, no, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, I'm like, but Lord, you know, in a lot of ways, this is kind of our lifeblood of a relationship. But at the same time, for some reason, he's asking for me to give that to him during those time, you know, during those hours. And um, it's been really unique because the minute I think, oh, I'm going to pick up my phone and I'm going to check my messages, my text messages, and I'm going to respond, do whatever I'm going to do before bed. I literally, it's been a discipline where I... If I pick up my phone, I go to my olive tree and I've been reading through Romans of all books. Mm. You know, Romans, I started with Romans Run and I just started reading through. And every time I have that temptation to pick up my phone during those hours, it's 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 definitely a discipline. But for whatever reason, that is an offering that I've been having to make. And, you know, I'm, I know we're all in communication. So I, this is not about me. But I do, do know that I am in a lot of communications throughout the world, throughout the network, and I'm so thankful for that capacity. But during these hours, he's like, nope, this is unto me for the season. And I'm okay with that. So, yeah. Well, I know let it be sanctified. I know yeah. that's, that's something that's very precious to you. And, um, but, but those types of communications, and as they continue to expand, and what they mean for those locations as they are warring against uh, very well-entrenched dimensions of darkness that have been there for thousands and thousands of years uncontested. Um, first of all we need the dynamic of the throne of God to be able to speak from him to them yeah. and then I'm not saying I'm not welcoming this I'm not saying it for any point of titillation but those forces that know 
who's counseling them, they're not happy with us. And um, so we, we need this girding up from the Lord for that reason as well. Yeah. And um, not to be in fear, but to be prepared. That, you know, so that we yeah. can be, a, a, you know, a, a good soldier. Well done, you good and faithful servant. Um, so we're past time. But I, I know that both Monica and I pray that this brief time together has been of some benefit to you. And we, we do ask that the Father would bless you and that he would encourage you. And we do again invite you to commit yourself to the Lord in this unique Saints Network um, devotion leading up to seminar where we are welcoming Jesus into our environ to do what he has ordained to do um, each night. What about during the rest of the day? Well, you just hopefully are functioning on behalf of the Father and the Spirit just like you normally would. I'm not counseling you there, neither is Mon well, Monica might be, but I'm not counseling you there. You, you gotta, you've got to answer before the Lord. But this nighttime thing with Jesus, shoo, what a privilege. But how unusual. So we invite you to, how do I do that? Well, just, just welcome him. Well, Monica, would you write a little book of prayer thing for the, for the back of that? Uh, the little Saints Network prayer book that you're writing, uh, you know, Mon little uh, Miss Monica's book of prayers. <laughs> is, is this a commission or is this a joke? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just joking. You know, I take, I take, I take these things seriously. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I will say one more thing before we're done. Uh, you know, I was saying, I've been playing that Hallelujah Chorus from the London Symphony. And uh, several times throughout last week, I was brought back to different, many, oh, multiple dozens of times being in that ancient city doing activations, engaging in spiritual warfare, fellowshipping with the Lord. And I'll never, I, I thought the other day of that wonderful time going very, very early in the morning to Westminster Cathedral to their service. They have a service in the morning. Uh, it was before Easter, I think, wasn't it? Wasn't it before Easter? Yeah. And going through those halls and sitting in that room and hearing those Anglican ministers speak the word and it really was compelling I'd rather hear them than most American preachers really that what they said blessed me but I, I was just brought back to I thought back to and when we went over with a big team going into Africa after we come out of Greece and we're doing activations in London <coughs> And I thought about all those places and the different things that we did and spoke and for the Lord. I was asking God to move mightily in that nation. But we've got our own we've got our own calling and the, the various things that parts of the world, beautiful places that God has given us direct responsibility for. He's girding us up for that and many other places. So be ready. Please take this seriously. And may the Spirit of the Lord guide you as to what you're to do, when you're to do it. And may your time with the Lord be precious. Amen? Amen. Way past time. But it's a holiday anyway, so you've had some extra time. 
Thanks, Monica. We pray God speed to you and that your appointment on Thursday would be blessed abundantly. Um, thanks for making the, the place to be with us today. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll reach out again on Wednesday. And um, till then, happy meetings with the Lord. Goodbye. Amen.